BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. On this episode of Greater Than Zero Percent, we hear from Beth Tumiel, who is the Programs Director at Girls in the Game, and how they are working with every girl to help them find their voice, discover their strength, and lead with confidence uh, through sports. Greater Than Zero Percent is a nonprofit on a mission to find people and organizations changing the world and sharing their stories. So for more stories like this one, you could follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Instagram followers, our link tree is in the bio. And for podcast listeners, we are also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Enjoy the episode. Thanks, everyone, for joining this episode. Uh, today, we have Beth Tumiel, who is Programs Director of Girls in the Game. Beth, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're always excited to talk about the work that we're doing. Alrighty. Uh, and per usual, agenda item, if you want to give us like a 30, 60 second pitch on uh, what the organization is, and then we can go from there. Sure. At Girls in the Game, we provide sport health and leadership programming for girls all around Chicago. Um, really using sport is the way to develop the leadership capacity of girls. Um, and when I say all over Chicago, we um, do focus in on the communities that have the highest need and where we can have the biggest impact. So we have um, targeted areas in North Lawndale, Humboldt Park, and Englewood. Um, and we try to serve girls who might not have access to different kinds of sport. Um, we're multi-sport. So a lot of traditional sport programs, girls get exposure to one or two sports. Um, girls, when they're in Girls in the Game, get exposed to traditional traditional sports like soccer and rugby or soccer and basketball, but then non-traditional sports like rugby and golf. Um, so that every girl can find their way into being into moving and finding their way into being an athlete. All right. Well that's good. My background is athletics too. So I'm excited to to, to oh, dive deep nice. into the organization. All right. So uh your programs director, um how long have you been at Girls in the Game and um why did you want to join in the first place? Yeah, so I've been with Girls in the Game for about five and a half years, um, and I so I'm a social worker. Uh, the majority of the work that I had done before coming with coming to Girls in the Game has been leadership development, um, specifically with um, people who have formerly been homeless. Uh, and I have a really strong passion for giving um, people who don't generally have the, a voice in decision making that voice. Uh, and I also personally have a really strong belief in the power of movement and healing and um, being active. And so when I had found out about Girls in the Game, that kind of brought both of those pieces together. Because at Girls in the Game, we have that huge piece where we're using movement and sport 
and all of the great things about sport for healing of girls, but then also developing the leadership of girls where we're we're helping them use their voices in ways that they can make changes in their lives and in their communities. Um, So that just was a really powerful message for me. And I have been a avid follower of girls in the game long before I joined the organization as programs director. And so I was super excited to be a part of the organization now. Yeah. And y'all have been around for, I think, 26 years now. Yep. All right. Um, Do do you know or have you worked with anyone that uh, that has kind of has kind of explained to you why the organization was originally founded? Like, was there uh, a a need or was there a group, obviously, that was um, just being underrepresented? Yeah. um, Well, the organization was started by a group of women who attributed a lot of their own professional success as being been involved in sports as young people. Um, And so they looked around to Chicago and they were really surprised that not all girls had access to sports. And and so they set out to do just that, um, to make sure that girls throughout the city had access to different kinds of sports because girls might have opportunities for basketball or soccer, but then they might not find themselves in those sports and so feel like they don't have a place um, in, in sports at all. And so they wanted to make sure that girls had ex- the same kind of exposure that girls in other higher income communities had. Okay. And, um, what are some of the typical programs as programs director that, um, usually work with these girls to do? Yeah, great. Um, we have our program structure. Um, our biggest program by far is our after school program, Um, where we do 10-week seasons for girls and we take them through um, three sport health and leadership topics. Um, So we never do just a sport. It would always be combined with a health and a leadership topic. Um, We also have a summer camp where it's a more intensive version of that program where girls are with us for um, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., for four weeks and get that same multi-sport exposure and get get an opportunity to um, to learn different sports and meet different girls from all of the different after-school programs that we have. We also have a teen program. Um, so as our programs get older in age, there's more of a leadership focus. So our elementary school programs are very coach-led. Um, whereas when they get into middle school, it's more leadership where girls we're working with them to be junior coaches for younger girls. They get to choose some of the curriculum that they're doing and they get to choose a community service project where they're actually giving back to the community. And our teen program is a more, um, even more leadership focused where the majority of our work is giving girls opportunities to either coach younger girls or practice leadership skills within the context of the program. All right. Wow. That sounds fun. I have to ask. So I mentioned my my background's athletics, specifically volleyball. Have you ever done volleyball programs? Yes. And volleyball yes. is one of our most like the girls always love it. When the middle school girls pick volleyball, they usually want to do it for all of the sports. So we actually have to work with them to say like, no, you've got to try a non-traditional <laughs> sport, something that you might not be good at because right. they love all of our volleyball. So maybe you can come and volunteer sometime. Yes, absolutely. And 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 yeah, the volleyball community in, in Chicago is very close. So I'm sure that there will be people who would want to get involved with that. That's awesome. And and I saw a stat on your website. You've, you've, worked with, I think, over 50,000 girls since over the past 26 years? Yep. 
Yep. Um, last year we served, or two years ago, we served about 4,000 girls total. Um, and, you know, we hope to continue to grow that in the on, in coming years, um, both by, you know, st- continuing to engage in our school partners, but developing even more community partners. Um, one of the unique things I think that we do is, um, is something that we call our citywide department, where we have some programs where we bring girls from all of from our different schools together um, to something that we call days of play. Um, and so girls from the South side might be hanging out with girls from the North side or the West side at different schools. And we know how segregated the city is. And so that's super powerful to be able to bring girls from different areas together to be able to play, have fun, learn together, le- practice leadership together. And so we j- we definitely hope to be doing more of those kinds of programming programs. Um, COVID has given us a really important opportunity to do that because virtually that's a lot easier to do than to yeah. get all these girls on a bus to one location. So um, it's given us the opportunity to explore how to do that in a different way. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is how has COVID impacted the operations and, and just the engagement? Yeah, I mean, it's impacted us huge. Um, we have my, at very early, we pivoted to doing all of our programs virtually. Um, but what that meant was that we saw a decrease in the number of girls who were coming on a regular basis. We know that girls are on the computer all day long for school, that it's really hard to stay on for an extra hour. Right. Um, so we've been kind of creative about how we're working with that, where instead of doing 10-week sessions, we might be doing three or four week sessions, smaller targeted programming. Um, and that seem, that's been seeming to be more effective. Um, but it's also given us some like really great opportunities to connect with other organizations. So we've just recently started working with the YMCA and the Boys and Girls Club. And so thinking about how we can leverage other community partners um, rather than just schools, because once schools get closed, how do, how do we engage girls? Right. So it's really allowed us to open that up. All right. Wow, that's amazing. Um, a lot of a lot of nonprofits that I've spoken with, COVID has 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 kind of really put a damper in their operations based on how they're structured. Uh, but it sounds like your first response was, "This is an opportunity to reach potentially more people." Um, and so, yeah, obviously that mindset seems to be really important to to keeping the impact that you all are are having on on these girls. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Um, what is going on um, as of recently? Like, is there a specific program going on right now uh, with the girls? Yeah, we currently, um, I mean, we'll be taking a break for the holidays, um, but we currently have five site-based virtual programs where we're partnering with different schools or community organizations to lead programming just for the girls at their school or their community center. Um, We have um, four drop-in programs per week, where similar to our game days, where any of the girls either who have been in our programs before or who find out about us through social media or any any other way are welcome to join that. Um, And all of those programs are similar um, structure where there's some support health and leadership, really working to get girls active because we know one of the biggest things about COVID is that girls are home more. Um, And especially if you're in um, a community that has a higher level of community violence, that might be really hard to get active in that setting. So um, we also have a teen program that's going on right now um, called Teen Squad, where girls from all over the city enroll um, to do sport health and leadership 
programming. Um, they are, um, we have a lot of different program offerings for, for those girls, but as they're doing all of that, they are earning scholarship money for college. So um, that's currently going on. And then we have a couple of site-based teen programs, again, similar to our other programs where they're connected with specific schools where we're targeted recruiting in those schools. And, and do you usually market directly to the girls that you want to recruit for these programs or is it families or is it all the above? All of the above. Um, we learned pretty early on that we have to have a really stronger parent engagement strategy. So we are robo texting parents. We're yep. making phone, probably 500 phone calls a week to parent guardians, not only to get girls to join our program, but just to engage them in general and find out what's going on. What, what, what do they think that we can offer their girls in this time so that we can adapt our programming for that. So we're doing tons of calls, um, engaging families, but then we're also talking with girls themselves. Um, you know, part of our evaluation process um, has changed a lot because we used to have pen and paper evaluations where girls would fill them out before and after programming. Mm -hmm. um, but now, you know, at first we were like, oh no, how are we gonna do that? But it gives us a chance to actually talk to a girl and have a conversation with her about how program is, programming is going. Um, but then again, we're just trying to engage all of our community partners um, and work with them to be a resource for them and the girls that they serve that they might not have the capacity to do an active program, but if they connect with us, we can fill that gap for them. Yeah. And uh, just to clarify the, the age ranges of the girls that you're usually working with, it's, you said it's middle school, it's grade school, it's high school. Yep. Um, we work with girls beginning age seven, all the way through high school. Um, and we actually have a pretty um, strong coach recruitment process where a lot of our, we um, heavily recruit our coaches from our alumni um, who are in the program before, because we know that girls learn from best from who went through the program before. Yeah. Um, so in a way we aren't serving those girls, but we're engaging them in the organization in a different way. Um, and hopefully giving them an opportunity to be a role model to the younger girls who are in the program. Wow. And and I saw on the website that you, Chicago is like one of the main hubs, but you also have Baltimore and Texas? Yep. Um, Baltimore, Texas, and then Bloomington, Bloom Illinois. Okay. Um, and so Chicago is definitely our biggest pro, our biggest market. Um, and we started here, our heart is in Chicago, um, but we began to explore what it would be like to be working in different communities. Um, and so definitely, you know, we're still, our board is thinking through what, you know, what the trajectory of our growth is going to be, but we're still, we're committed to the markets that we're currently in um, and committed to growing and deepening our impact in those markets rather than exploring lots of different places. So. Right. And in terms of people that want to volunteer, maybe outside of the girls that have gone through the program that want to come back, uh, do you get engagement from like athletes as well? Yeah, um, we have lots of different ways that people get engaged. Um, yeah, definitely athletes. We have something called a leader to leader program for our middle school and our teen programs where they um, we work with the girls to interview either women professionals, athletes, or somebody that they pick in their community about what their life is like as a woman and what their career trajectory is like. So that would definitely be a way for anybody who's interested to get involved. Um, but we also have lots of opportunities. Um, about 
20% of our staffing is volunteer. Um, so the coaches that are day-to-day -day working with the girls, um, we have a lot of student volunteers, but we have a lot of um, paid um, alumni coaches, but we also have a lot of volunteers from the communities that just are interested in giving back and finding out what's going on with girls. So that's also an opportunity. All right. Um, one of the questions that I feel like I have a lot, and it's really hard sometimes with nonprofits to, to measure is, um, obviously you, you all are measuring how many girls have been in and out of the program since 95. Um, are there any other metrics that you're able to track to understand if there's like a, an impact um, mm -hmm. in the cities? Um, yeah, like definitely. Um, and we, we've been lucky enough to have a partnership with Loyola, Loyola University for close to 15 years. So that long precedes my involvement in the organization. Um, but they help us evaluate our programs each year. Um, and some of the things that we measure, so our end goal is leadership. Like we want girls to be able to be active leaders in their lives and their communities. And what we believe is that the way they do that is um, the, the way they get there is if they're confident. Um, if they have healthy self-esteem, if they're having healthy lifestyle behaviors, and if they're staying active, um, if they have grit or resilience, if they're able to bounce back from things, um, if they have not ways that they can solve um, communication skills, where if they have a conflict, they can solve, resolve that in a nonviolent way. So all of those things, we have different um, measures around that we do in in a normal times, we do a pre and a post um, survey of girls so that we can see the impact that we're actually making. And then where we see that we're lagging, we can actually take that information and say, okay, let's look at our training, let's look at our curriculum, where are we falling behind so that we can make sure that we're impacting girls in the way that we want. Right. Well, there, there's another overlap. I went to Loyola University of Chicago. Oh, I'm, nice. I'm wondering what, do you know what organization or what group or school within Loyola that you're Yeah, it's with? the um, School of Psychology. Um, and the professor is um, Dr. Amy Bonart. Okay. Yeah. I was in a business school. So that's why I was, that was the next question is like, maybe that's why I haven't heard of it when I went to Loyola because it was in psychology. I was in business. So yeah. Yeah. And we also, I mean, it's funny because we do have a lot of other partnerships with not only different departments in Loyola, but um, a lot of different universities because a lot of students come to us um, looking for internships or looking for ways to get involved. And so we um, support with them. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. All right. And yeah. We'll have to talk off after this to about connections because athletics, um, that's one thing I know. There's not many things that I do, but I feel like athletics, I have a lot of experience in. Well, and what's interesting too, I think about girls in the game is like, yes, we're athletics, right? We do sport is the heart of what we do. And we believe in the power of sport to create community, to create change, to have, to make healing, to um, give girls all of the things that they need to do to be leaders. But we're all, we're a non-competitive program. So a lot of girls might go into a competitive competitive program and feel like they're pushed in a direction that they might not want to go in. Um, and so we just want to create a safe space for girls to have fun being active and, and being a part of a team. Right. Um, and so I think that's kind of what sets girls in the game, um, sets us different from other sport-based organizations. Okay. I, I don't want to, to butcher this statistic, but recently I heard somebody say somewhere that a very, very large percentage of all of the, the, the female CEOs in the U S were yeah. athletes previously. Yeah. 
Definitely. Um, And I actually should know that statistic off of my head because I know we've had board meetings where we've talked about yeah, definitely. I think it was, I, I want to say it was like a hundred percent, but I'm like, I didn't, I have to, I have to check it, but it was a, a, a huge high, high number. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the things that you need to be a leader and you think about the communication skills, the interpersonal skills, the social emotional um, awareness, the self-knowledge that it's so embedded in sports. And once girls learn that in a safe space in sports, they can take that anywhere. Um, so yeah, hopefully that's what we're doing at Girls in the Game. Yeah. And how do you how do you do that? Like in the actual programs, like what are some you guys have been doing it for 26 years. What are some re, like reoccurring things mm-hmm. or topics that you're always trying to continually reinforce in that leadership development piece of it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so what's kind of interesting is when we think about how we get to what we what we get to curriculum is a big piece of it. Right. So we have our sport curriculum and part of girls are trying new things. They're trying them in a safe space. Coaches are often trying new things, too. So they're modeling, not doing well at something, failing at something and then getting up and trying it again. So we believe that that in in general builds resilience. Um, And then we have topics like confidence, self-esteem, healthy eating, nutrition, um, healthy body image. So. Our curriculum is definitely designed for that, but it's also about our coach training and how we, you know, not only what we're teaching, what we're teaching the girls, but how we're teaching them. And we teach coaches um, how to create a trauma-informed, trauma-informed environment where girls actually feel safe in the space um, so that they can take, take in all of those messages that we're driving home with the curriculum. Um, We use positive reinforcement. So coaches are constantly giving um, positive feedback and identifying behaviors that are happening that are really awesome. So girls are hearing about how good they are. And often they're they're telling each other how good they are and they're supporting each other in that process. And so um, that's a really important critical piece is how our coaches are leading that programming rather than just the programming itself. Gotcha. And and you've said this a couple of times, you said safe space. Um, What do you mean by that? Yeah. um, So we are moving towards being a trauma-informed organization. Um, We've done a lot of work in the last couple of years about what that means. Um, And one of the things that that means is what our curriculum looks like. So we went through a huge curriculum revision process. Well, we're actually still going through it, um, where we took our curriculum structure and we worked with a couple of um, outside consultants, one being this organization called We Coach that specifically um, specifically wants to um, get more sport health sport based youth development organizations to be trauma informed. Um, where instead of just leading the curriculum, before every curriculum, we have a check in and a check out so that girls have an opportunity to be able to share what's going on in their lives because we know that what's going on in their lives is also coming into programming. And then every one of our activities, whether it's a sport health and leadership activity is designed in a way that has a warm up, the activity and a cool down. So there's always a sequence where girls are warming up to something, having the activity and cooling down from that. And what that does, I mean, there's a when you're thinking about sports, what that does yes, is it yes. helps girls self-regulate when self-regulate their um, their ner- central nervous system, really. 
but it also, you know, creates a safe space for, you know, when you're having a difficult conversation about even confidence, it might, the actual discussion about confidence can't just happen. (laughs) You need to have something to get girls to feel comfortable to have that conversation. And then after that, cool them down from it so that they feel like it was a productive conversation and they're learning the most from it. So, so we redesigned the curriculum. We're also doing a lot of organizational related interventions in terms of staff, staff support, staff supervision, um, making sure that we're engaging with the communities in the right way that are helping us become more. Okay. Thank you for that background. That was something I hadn't heard of before. And it sounds like it's like a, a trauma I don't want to say certification process, but education to show that you are having this be a a huge focus of the whole programming. Yeah, we um, we did. We had a partnership with um, the National Child Traumatic Stress Network, where we helped. We were part of a pilot for a trauma informed organization um, survey that they were creating. Um, And so luckily part of that pilot was seeing where we are on the trauma-informed scale. And then they gave us a lot of staff support and we were involved in a community of practice that helped us think through what the organizational practices are that we need to think about in terms of integrating to be more trauma-informed. So it's been a really amazing um, journey for the organization. And I just like, feel really strongly about how it's going to impact the girls that we serve. Um, because like I mentioned at the beginning, we're, you know, yes, we serve all girls, but we do want to have um, an impact on the girls who have the highest need. Um, and that becomes even more critically important for that group. Was, was one of the outputs from that, the, the organization that helped uh, with the, the kind of the trauma process was one of those outputs to have a non, you said non-competitive type of, no, we had been non-competitive um, even before that, um, because there are ways to also do like be trauma informed and have a competitive structure mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so non-competitiveness, I think, isn't necessarily doesn't. You don't need to be non-competitive to be trauma informed, mm-hmm. um, I guess I should say. Um, so part of the reason why we're non-competitive is because it was really about making sure that girls had exposure um, and that girls were having fun and that we weren't um, eliminating girls who weren't the competitive girls. Um, Because we actually have a lot of girls who are involved in other competitive sports teams, but they come to girls in the game to try new things, um, to, you know, to be a part of a team where they don't have to think about that competition. Okay. And I feel like I, I have to ask this because it might be aligned maybe with the, with the trauma pieces. I feel like in um, as generations uh, continue that like this generation coming up, you hear a lot of people saying like, oh, like back in my day, my coach would like yell at me and make me run or my parents would, you know, like it was just a, I feel like there's two sides of that uh, debate that people have of it's a yeah. good thing to be tough or if it's a bad thing to be tough or if it's somewhere in between that we really don't know, is that kind of a part of the trauma or is it, is it kind of outside of that? Yeah, I think it definitely is like how, um, you know, how coaches engage with girls is critically important and, um, identifying the things that are going well versus the things that are not going well, because I think what often you get when you have coaches that are, you know, kind of using a punitive way 
you know, there it's almost like the long, the long game versus the short game, right? Like they might win that game because the girls might feel like they have to do this or that or get in trouble. But the long game is having girls who are healthy in many different ways in their lives and they feel confident about themselves enough to be able to make the choices for themselves without feeling that punitive pressure. Right. Okay. Yeah. And they're really interesting topics and, and, and I feel like they're really hard to teach. So it's amazing that, that that's what <laughs> you and your coaches and the programs are focused on. All right. So uh, next up, we want to uh, move to a couple shameless plugs. So do you have any events coming up potentially in the next few months that you wanted to give a shout out to? Yeah, we do. We actually have our um, annual event coming up called Field of Dreams. Um, It's on February 25th um, and it'll be all virtual. Um, Mm -hmm. So it'll be an easy opportunity for people to see what we do. It's an awesome event. We have some really great champions already scheduled for the event that support our organization um, and hopefully will inspire people. So we would love for people to join that. Um, you would be able to find out about more about the details and sign up for that on our website at girlsinthegame.org. Um, we also have lots of different ways to get involved. So of course, if you're interested in donating, um, we always take donations. Yes, we also yes. have a wish list um, on Amazon so that if somebody was interested in either donating or buying specific things that we put into um, into our programs, then we would love that. Um, we also have an auxiliary board um, for um, professionals who maybe aren't um, interested in, in the extreme involvement of a regular board, but want to meet new people, have fun, and support a really good cause. Um, so that also has information on the website about that. Okay. Um, and also volunteers. Um, like I said, we couldn't do what we do without the awesome volunteers that we have. So that's, um, you know, definitely something that you can reach out to us for. All right. And volunteers, girls, guys, any specific? Yeah. Um, we, um, have, we actually probably have had an equal number of girls and guys volunteer because we believe that girls, it's important for them to hear those messages, not only from girls, but also from uh, men. So, um, yep. Anybody, any ages, um, we will help you along to be able to be the best coach you can as well. So that's definitely something that we encourage people to get involved in the organization with. Yeah. And you have Instagram, you have Facebook, you have, I think, YouTube too, right? You have yep. tons we of We have different... a YouTube channel. Um, and the YouTube channel is really fun because we have some alumni stories on that. But we also um, do a YouTube live every week. Um, and so that's another way that we're trying to engage girls, but it's also just, I've actually watched some of them and done some of the activities. So it's pretty fun. And then you get to see our coaches um, who are just phenomenal. So. All right. Well, I think that's, we checked off a lot of the agenda items. Um, Is there anything that you want to leave us with before we kind of wrap things up? I would just say um, if you know a girl who in your or you have a girl in your life um, who you think could benefit from our programs, like I would love for you to connect them to us. Um, Because also, like I said, this COVID era has been really helpful for us in being able to be accessible to more girls. Um, So anybody from the city can RSVP for our four different cross market programs. Um, And that's all you can RSVP online and then you just show up. Um, We have, of course, parent parent consent form. Um, Mm -hmm. But 
yeah, we would love for you to connect the girls in your lives with us. All right. Well, great. Uh, Beth, thank you so much for your time um, and sharing girls in the game and what you all are doing. 50,000 girls over the past 26 years is amazing. And 4,000 this past year is amazing. Um, excited to see where you continue kind of serving those community members and those people. And we'll be sure to, to share the story on all of our social media outlets and tag you after, uh, after we get this pushed out to, to the world. All right. Great. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having us. We really yeah. appreciate this opportunity. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you know of a great organization or individual leaving a positive impact, we'd love to tell their story. Check us out and contact us at gtzp.org. And as we end this episode, don't forget for more stories like this, you could also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Instagram followers are linked trees in the bio. And for podcast listeners, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for listening and see you again soon.